0: Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, where we usually take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics, but this is a special 8-minute pop-up edition about a controversy that has embroiled the political and media world. Fortune magazine's decision to invite Kristen Nielsen to be interviewed at its annual Most Powerful Women conference. We're going to speak today with Fortune reporter Michal Levram, who co-chairs the conference, but first, a few things to know. First, Nielsen is President Trump's former Secretary of Homeland Security and signed the order that approved separating thousands of undocumented immigrant children from their parents. Two, Nielsen's involvement in the conference was met by an online petition, asking Fortune to rescind her invitation, arguing that it enabled her to rehabilitate her image. Three, some major speakers did drop out, including Hillary Clinton, singer Brandy Carlisle, and Dream Hampton, who produced the surviving R. Kelly documentary. And fourth, Fortune kept her on the program, although changed her appearance from a panel to a one-on-one interview with a PBS reporter. That interview took place earlier today, and in short, she was asked all the tough questions and was unapologetic. So now we are joined by Michal Levram of Fortune. So Michal, internally of Fortune, what was your first sign that this was going to become, let's say, um, problematic?
1: You know, I would say that we definitely understood from the beginning when we put her on the agenda and on the program that obviously there would be people who would not agree with it. I think what we thought, though, was that there would be protests and backlash against Nielsen, Secretary Nielsen. Herself. I don't think we fully anticipated and realized that there would be backlash against us and our decision as journalists to put her on the program. But, you know, I would say over the last probably week or so. That has become obvious to us. And so obviously we've you know had a lot of internal discussion and debate and have made the decision that we made and stood with it. But we heard the backlash and we understand it.
0: You know, you said that at the beginning it was known that there'd be some controversy attached to it. In retrospect, was it a mistake deciding the, I guess, the original panel was what, going to talk about cybersecurity doing that as opposed to always having it be a one-on-one? Or was that not really at the outset an option for you guys with her?
1: I would answer that in two ways it was in hindsight, I think it was a mistake to have build it as a, a two person conversation, but the decision to change it actually initially was wasn't ours, so the other speaker who was supposed to be on stage with her actually did not end up being able to make it or you know had to back out and so the session changed because of that. I mean in hindsight, again, I think it should have been a one-on-one from the beginning, there was so much to to talk about and to drill into just on the family separation policy and immigration, you know, obviously. And so I think giving it that room from the beginning would have made more sense. But the decision to change it was not ours to begin with.
0: So she dropped out, the person from Cisco dropped out. Uh, I mean, fair to say dropped out because there was controversy and didn't want to be on stage with Nielsen. Is that fair?
1: No, I can't speak for them at all.
0: Can you speak for Hillary Clinton, who supposedly <laughs> had a scheduling change three days ago she was somehow unaware of okay. and just coincidentally happened to be tied around this disorder?
1: And they've since, I don't think on the record, but somebody from her team has talked to the media and has made it clear that it was because of Secretary Nielsen. Dream Hampton and um, Brandy Carlisle put out statements as well. Yeah. And I thought that they were, you know, really respectful, and again, we understand their decisions
0: wholly, completely. Let's talk about uh, the interview itself and what it was like in the room. So I I watched the live stream. Uh, Anybody who's listening to this, I I assume there'll be uh, versions of it on YouTube or or elsewhere they'll be able to watch it later. Within the room, can you give me a sense of kind of, was this what everybody was buzzing about going into it, And, and was it tense, and I I ask this, when you do interviews, either you're on stage or you're at one of these conferences, certain panels or certain conversations, you can kind of feel there's joy or there's boredom or whatever. Was this one tense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I will say, I think part of the difficulty in in explaining our decision to put her on stage is because we do have interviews at the Most Powerful Women Summit that are inspirational. And we do have women who, you know, I think you could objectively even say have done admirable things. We also have a lot of, of, of women on stage and people in general at our other conferences who we put on stage because they are in positions of power, but we're not saying, as journalists, we're not saying that they're using their power for good or bad. And that you know, the same thing could be said about plenty of people from the corporate world, right? So I just say that in order to kind have set the scene, you know, some of the interviews that we've had today on stage have been inspirational. Some of them have been, you know, more hard hitting because of the nature of the individual, the the context for it, right? This one was very tense and rightfully so. I think it was interesting to me that I didn't see people walking out. I think women in the room were engaged and wanted to hear and listen and participate in this, but it was intense. It was palpable. You know, people were definitely alert body language wise, you know, sitting at the edge of their seat. It was tense, but I think it was an important conversation
0: to have. There was a moment near the end where the interviewer, Amna, she, she made a comment about Nielsen uh, still working with the White House. It related to an advisory role, not, not an official role. And, and Nielsen, it was the first time she kind of went from robotic to um, argumentative, I guess you'd say, and, and, and made it, you know, said, are you saying that, you know, CEOs, for example, in this room kind of looking out in the crowd shouldn't, you know, shouldn't work with the White House on policy issues. And there were and on the live stream, you heard clapping. You able to give me a sense what the breakdown in that room was, was, was that widespread applause or was that smattering of applause?
1: You know, it's hard to tell. I wouldn't say it was widespread. It was kind of split. It definitely was not widespread, but it was. It was more than a smattering. So it was somewhere in between.
0: Last question, from a brand perspective, when you guys were having this discussion, you know, last week or this weekend about whether to keep her there, obviously there's a lot of considerations, right? For example, you lose Hillary Clinton and, and possibly some attendees. You also have an interesting visual though, right? You know, sitting on, you know, Getty images and whatever for the for eternity will be picture of Kristen Nielsen sitting on stage with a Fortune logo behind her, a Fortune magazine logo behind her, because that's what the image is. Was there any concern internally about that, about the visual of it and what it means for the brand of fortune? Or was the feeling the brand of fortune is about interviewing important people, as you said, and thus this is actually brand positive, not brand negative?
1: I understand that images are strong, and I understand, again, the controversy fully. And there was a lot of a lot of really healthy debate and discourse internally, as you can imagine. I think that in the end, we all came to the conclusion that what we are putting on is journalism and that these are important conversations to have. And so I hope that the journalism speaks for itself. And I hope that in the long term, that's what carries forward. You know, I think if you watch the interview, which will be available online, the full interview,
0: I think it speaks for itself. Michal Levram of Fortune, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back on Thursday with an all new regular edition of the Pro ProRata podcast.